This week, Culture File is in London at a conference on African reparations entitled Charting a Pathway to Reparative Justice, meeting some of the artists, thinkers and activists who gathered there over the weekend. This time, reporter Louise Williams meets Lisa Anderson, director of the Black Cultural Archives, a Brixton-based organisation that aims to collect, preserve and celebrate the histories of people of African and Caribbean descent in the UK. But first, Diane Abbott is doing a little work warming up the conference crowd. Okay, let's say it again. Good morning. Good morning. I didn't quite hear that. Good morning. Good morning. Um, it's a great day two looks at environmental justice as well as sessions on the role of trade unions and education as a preparation for reparatory justice. Reparations means correcting um, past injustice, repairing, it can, comes from the idea of repairing past wrongs, putting in place solutions that, you know, address those wrongs. One of the speakers about education is Lisa Anderson from the Brixton-based Black Cultural Archives. With regards to the archives and the way that history has been framed, the way that people of African descent have been understood, the archives is essentially reparatory because where there have been gaps of information, we are going out to collect that information and we are celebrating it and making it accessible. Okay, so let's take stock. We're here this weekend, central London, and we're having this discussion. You've got beads in your hair. That no, 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 it's the clickety-clack, I love it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, reparations for me is about self-empowerment. It's about being able to fully honour my ancestry and everything that is comprised of that. I'm of African descent. I'm first generation black British. My parents came to the United Kingdom in the 60s and 70s from Jamaica. And as first generation, I've had to make sense of the fact that I was one of very few black children in my primary school and then the only black girl in my classroom as, as a teenager. As somebody who's always been culturally curious and creatively inclined, being so alienated, having so many questions, was a source of a lot of pain and insecurity. I don't think it's a coincidence that I've grown up into an adult that seeks to empower people by giving them access to deeper understanding of history, culture, and the power of creativity. Bring me into the archive and let me tell me what it what it's about and how it serves maybe an educational purpose. And maybe also I think what came up today was the challenge that you might face in terms of, you know, until you have an archive, it's hard to build the educational tools. I love the rattle of your feet. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I don't think I realised when I got the job that actually this was the perfect job for me as a culmination of my interest in culture and its power for personal empowerment, but also social empowerment and justice and the pursuit of equity. Because, as has been often quoted, Marcus Garvey does say that you can't really be a strong people if you don't know your roots, your historical roots. Black cultural archives exist especially because 
the founders, the activists who understood the power of education knew that by giving people access to knowledge of the achievements and contributions that have been made by people of the African diaspora to society at large, that would empower people on an individual level, but it would also just enable that conversation of empathy, compassion, understanding, respect to develop, which is necessary for a cohesive society. That's why archives, the stewarding of archives, the ongoing collection of information that broadens the scope of what we understand to be important, um, which goes on to become history, that needs to be inclusive and that stewardship is key to the conversation of reparations. We are a treasure trove of history about the contributions that have been made to society from people of the African diaspora. We're made to be a safe space for that history. So we, that history is comprised of information materials, organizational papers, letters, journals, magazines, books. We are an information resource. I think of it as a treasure trove. We also welcome school children, actually students of all ages, into our building, because on the first floor, we have an educational center where people come in and, and, and experience our workshops on various aspects of history that um, promote knowledge around the contributions of African diaspora peoples. And then we have a year-round program of exhibitions and events that brings that history to life in more creative, engaging ways for people who don't want to research and do that hard kind of study work, but just want to have something accessible, inspirational, fun, engaging. Um, so we're a multi-purpose heritage centre, the home of black British history, and we want to partner with organisations across the UK that align with our mission, which is to collect, preserve and celebrate the histories of people of African and African-Caribbean descent in order to inspire and give strength to society. When we talk about reparations, and what I've noticed, what I've been struck by this weekend, is that it's not a new idea. I think we have documents of the reparations movement. We do have elements of that already. I think what we can do more is engage with the different community activists and activist organisations that are currently doing that. I think we have historical collections, but as has become clear in being part of this very community-based conversation, there are people who are doing work and we're not connected as well as we could be. So I am keen to see us correcting that. Lisa Anderson of Black Cultural Archives there talking to Louise Williams and we'll be back at the Conference on African Reparations next time on Culture File.